Today's episode of The Eater Upsell is brought to you by Betterment. This past weekend, a good friend of mine got engaged. And her fiancé mm-hmm. emailed me mm. because he wanted help deciding where to go. Deciding whether or not he should propose? No, deciding like what restaurant to go to. It's yeah. a big deal. And when He called it, in an expert, eh? He went called, straight to went, the top. I mean, I, this is... You know, part of the pressure. So you of my gave job. him one of the Eater New York reporters' numbers, and was like, <laughs> <laughs> "I suggested the best place to do it." And it's just a good reminder that sometimes you don't go for second best; you just have to get the best. You know what is on a level with choosing a restaurant to propose at is choosing a financial advisor. Exactly, because you they're don't both going to determine around. the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah, you don't screw around with your proposal, and you don't screw around with your money. So don't settle for average investing. Demand better, betterment. Investing, obviously, involves risks, but Eater Upsell listeners can get up to one year managed for free by visiting betterment.com slash eater. Welcome to the Eater Upsell, part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. (laughs) This is Amanda Clute. I am joined, as always, by Daniel Janine, who is about to go to the airport on an exciting adventure to Los Angeles. How do you, how are you feeling? Uh, great. Can you say, like, going to L.A. or going to another big city, can you say, like, I'm going on an exciting adventure to Chicago? Or Sure, why okay, not? Okay, great. I'm going I on mean, an exciting adventure to L.A. Yeah, you are, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to, I might miss the flight. So that's... Uh, that's, that's what <laughs> I was about to ask, is how are you feeling nerves-wise as someone who's about to travel? You know, I read a who's Mitt like, Romney a book. Behind. I read a Mitt Romney book for a college project one Whoa, time. okay. Yeah. And... The one line I really liked from it was he said, if you've never missed a flight, you're not showing to, up to the airport late enough. Wow. That's how, how I live my life. That, is, that does sound like how you, you live your life. Okay, this is something I've wanted to talk about for a long time. Uh, I, I guess we never really had a news thing, or maybe I just forgot. But uh, I want to talk to you about tipping uh, on tablets. Oh, at okay. coffee shops. Uh-huh. Uh, there was a, a Skift released a study saying, uh, I'm going to paraphrase it badly, but basically sure. that wages for coffee shop workers have gone way up, uh, in some cases 50%, in some cases 100%. Wages have doubled. Because of the tablet Because thing. of tablet tip options. Uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise you. So wait, let's. I want to back up. When you are at a coffee shop, if you just get a coffee for three bucks or four dollars uh, from a am bar- I going to have to reveal this answer to the world? What, what do you do? Nothing. No, not nothing. But your options are one, two, or three dollars or custom. What do you do? Four dollar coffee, no work involved except the pour. Four dollar coffee, no work involved. Oh, like a like, like a just cold drip brew. coffee, drip coffee, cold brew. Well, I do custom. 50 cents. I do 50 cents. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huge I reveal. I know. Matt Buchanan's going to like quit. What does he do? Always a dollar. He probably does more than the price of the coffee. He, I mean, his reasoning, like if if someone gives me a Budweiser at a bar, yeah. I put a dollar down. But if someone gives me a cold brew coffee. This is his reasoning or yours? Well, this, this is what he would say. Okay. Like, what's wrong with you? If you give a dollar to the bartender who just opened your beer yeah. and you're not going to give a dollar to the person who poured your cold brew, yeah. what's the difference? So 50 cents is so is such a classic Amanda Glee thing. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> it's practical. No one would ever like f- 
no one would ever strike you. I feel you like on I'm it. doing something. Yeah, you're doing something. A dollar seems like, excessive on a four dollar. It's four dollars for coffee. Like I already feel like a crazy person paying four dollars for coffee. Do you think it's awkward that you are faced with these tip? First of all, like I don't even matter in this because I'm stupid and I. What do you do? Like a lot. I mean, at least a buck, depending on. I mean, I, I'm not going to go up above a dollar for just a coffee for just mm-hmm. a drip or a cold brew for a latte you will no yeah i mean i guess it depends on the price of the latte mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i i might on occasion i'm interested in the interaction you know if it's a fun experience <laughs> but like to me this study shows that this is money that is going to baristas mm-hmm. that was not in the past yeah right? it it happens to collide with society's interest in this kind of craft which is a good thing Mm -hmm. but all these people were doing this thing before tablets came out and being paid half the money so like (laughs) should matt buchanan like people who really think that tipping is important Mm -hmm. i mean sure there's so many people like that who did not and now do Yeah, yeah were they running around like finding dollars to give to people or like really making sure that they tipped or like were they donating it to some charity or something like this money is right. changing hands where it wasn't before. Yeah, yeah. Like 10 years ago, you would not tip your coffee person, mm-hmm. rarely. Mm-hmm. I remember, well, I grew up in Massachusetts, and you couldn't tip at Dunkin' Donuts. Like, they wouldn't allow it. Um, but it was kind of like ice cream. Like, I was an ice cream scoop for a while. And, like, every fifth person would give you a tip. Mm-hmm. But now I bet ice cream people make way more in tips because everyone uses, like, square. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is good for the world? Do you think? I don't know. I mean, it depends on how much these people are getting paid base. Yeah. But like when I go to Komewaza, the poke shop downstairs, yeah. they have the tipping thing. No one ever adds a tip. And they're, I do. They're worried. Really? Yeah. You're the, you're the person. Why? You, you don't give. But they do so much more work. They than, do way more work than the coffee people. Why don't you do it? I just feel like you, it's built You don't in give the, the glute I, 50 cents? I'm just going to give the tip to every single goddamn Person that asked yeah, for a tip. Yeah, but how do the why do the coffee people deserve it and not the Komei Waza? I don't people? know, but I feel socially pressured into tipping the coffee people. That's so strange because I feel like that one, two, or three faces you just as hard at fast casual restaurants as it does as at a at a coffee shop. Yeah, I never. So I don't think about that at all. I'm always hitting that one. I'm always. Yeah, hitting but you one are also a frivolous spender of money. Do you know that for a fact? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we a hundred percent have established that. Maybe I don't think I'm. <laughs> maybe I'm just a frivolous uh, giver to the societal yeah, good. Yeah, you are more generous than I am. But maybe I should just tip every single chance that I get, every single prompt. No, but fucking why? Like I do that, and I don't think it's right necessarily. <laughs> Realistically, I spent a thousand dollars in fast casual square iPad tips last year. Yes, yeah, a lot. But like they have tip cups now for everything. Like now we just now I just sound like like a really old comedian, but like at the grocery store. No, no, store, we'll do the bit, do the bit, do the bit. <laughs> like at the grocery store. Yeah. At the dry cleaners, like everywhere you go. <laughs> everywhere they, everywhere you they go, you got a tip jar. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And now it's just on the iPad. Right. I don't actually. I have... mean, cabbies. They've seen their tips go way up. Are you still doing your "I'm an old comedian" bit, calling them cabbies, or? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Ca- yellow cab drivers now get better tips. Here's what I think that my royal decree would be. I think that people should feel comfortable tipping a dollar, even two dollars. But I think there should be a lot of oper- a lot of times in life when you don't do it. I think it should be for good service. Then the baristas will never get good tips. No, I'm my bar is my threshold is very low. <laughs> <laughs> they don't spill it on you. Yeah, don't spill it. 
Like, could you ever not tip at a bar? If the service was terrible. No, but I feel if I go to a bar and I get like 10 shots of vodka, let's say, whoop-de-doo, it's party Mm -hmm. day or whatever. 10 shots of vodka cost me like 70 bucks. The person does it. The bartender does it in two, like less than a minute, right? Mm -hmm. Am I required to tip 15% in that situation? I don't know. You do know. No, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know when. If you don't know, who knows? Well, that's the thing. No one has the right answer. Because you just have, you have to figure it out for yourself. That's what people always debate about with wine. Like I order a thousand dollar bottle of wine, and then am I gonna add include that in my twenty percent tip at the end of the night? Mm-hmm. Like it was just as hard to open that bottle as a twenty dollar bottle. Mm-hmm. But then if you're the sommelier, you say no because I had to be extra careful with that bottle. I got out special glasses. I went to school for this shit. Yeah. And yeah. I knew that it wasn't corked and whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, at that but at that still, level of wine, you're paying for the curation experience that can only be done provided by someone who has invested their life. Right, but it's like I the mean, shots, unless you go to Ruby Tuesdays and they have like Hennessy V. It's Vsop almost like the shots question, though. Where it's like you're doing something. Okay, but no bartender at Black Flamingo in Williamsburg has <laughs> invested their career in in figure in like yeah, in my getting, vodka curation they're experience. They're getting the better. No deal. one's researching Red Bull vodka ratios. Right. Sommelier who sells you the thousand dollar bottle of wine, like they get a kickback potentially from the restaurant. Like they their success within their job depends mm-hmm. on how many of those really expensive bottles they sell. So it's not just about the tip for them. Do you wish for more transparency more transparency in this in this world? In the world of gratuity? Not, no, I just I think the more people can set up rules that I can follow, the easier my you life. You want will other be. people to set up the rules for you. Well, like someone saying, like, okay, you give a dollar for every bottle of beer that someone opens for you at a bar, like learning that when I was 18 was very helpful for me. Mm-hmm. And then you're relearning the rules all the time. Like the, <laughs> we had a really popular post up from Helen Rosner back in the day about delivery, which was you have to tip $5 minimum on every delivery order. Right. You do. Right. And if it was like, if the restaurant's really close, tip $5. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. And like, I don't always tip $5. Really? Holy <laughs> shit. Well, I think we've established that I'm, you know. Yeah, but I, you, we have not entered the world of delivery. Uh, we, we've got we've to we've get out of here. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice to have someone say, this is what I believe the baseline should be. You can measure yourself above or below this. So thank you, but Helen. Th- thank you, Helen. Because now I think about it every single time I get now delivery. Now you know you're, you feel like I'm a cheapskate? Like, where if I'm not, well, I will almost always tip $5. But if I don't, I'm like, well... I'm under the threshold. (laughs) And here's my justification for why to myself. All right. So one of the funny stories on Eater New York this month was about a new dish at Mission Chinese Food, which is a kind of kooky Szechuan restaurant on the Lower East Side in Bushwick. Very hip, very fun, nightclub-y, loud, really good food. Uh, They have a new dish called Iced Szechuan Water Pickles. That's what it's called? mm Mm-hmm. On the appetizer menu. And it seems like the dish is just <laughs> ice sprinkled with spices. Just a big bowl of ice. Yeah. For eight bucks. For eight bucks. Uh, well, I think when, when we started talking about this, I was like, this is a story that we love. And I, I don't know if people <laughs> understand or love it quite as much as we do. No, it's so funny. I think it is important to explain that this is the brainchild of Danny Bowen. Yep. Who is... Uh, complete renaissance man, I Mm -hmm. guess, like just does everything and is so fashion forward 
So, Very fashion forward. Yeah. Yeah. And, now. Yeah. And it's newly, becoming newly fashion forward. Is he newly fashion forward? I when think he... over the last five years. Yeah. Uh, look him up if you don't know what look he looks Instagram. like. Instagram. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very talented chef. Really brilliant. Like Mission Chinese when it first opened, I think, was one of the most important New York openings that I ever experienced. Especially the janky the... one on the Lower East Side or Not, the new no, one? The, in... the newer one. I, I ate at the, at the janky one mm-hmm. on the Lower East Side. It was good. Yeah. Like the food was great, but it didn't. It didn't seem like it was a, at the epicenter of a movement in the same but way. But it was also kind of um, renegade yeah. in that they had an illegal keg of beer at the front that you could just drink when you were waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't play by the rules, Dan. No, <laughs> no, no. They break the rules. Yeah. What are rules? What are rules? I think who, uh, what are who rules? Who needs to put actual pickles in a dish so is the is uproar that pickles. people are paying $8 for water? I think it's three things. One is that it's $8. Yeah. Two is that it's ice. Yeah. Three is that it has the word pickles in it. So people <laughs> order it and are very confused. We've seen a lot of reaction online to this. <laughs> That's the fun part to me. <laughs> it's just seeing how people yeah. immediately come out with a counter take. Where they're like, what's wrong with this? It's just like kakigori. Which, or like any kind of shave ice or granita. It's like, mm-hmm. no, it's not. Because those are not a pickle. Like the- You're not calling it a pickle and then serving someone ice. <laughs> Did you see the <laughs> and take? And also kakigori is more complex. It's about texture. It's about precision and a bunch yeah. of different flavors. There's a lot going on there. Well, I mean, I'm and sure he would argue. And that- it's a tradition, traditional dessert. I think Danny made this up. Oh, of course he made it up. <laughs> like, not like- Water pickles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't like to discourage this kind of thing because I think it's that renegade spirit that drives the whole... Oh, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) Did you see the take where someone was complaining that they did actually get pickles and they were under the ice, but then there were three other people being like, no, there were no pickles in that dish? Like, we were just stewing around the ice and there was nothing underneath? Yeah, there was a Danny Danny Defender who said, you idiots, (laughs) you didn't look hard enough. There were pickles in mine. Danny makes you, I'm actually going to read you. He says, the pickles are under the ice. Go look for them next time. So classic Twitter. Maybe the real story here is that the food, food like Danny Bowen's, makes demands of the diner to explore a dish, disassemble and recompose it, discover it, that many diners and apparently some critics are not equal to. What? Yeah. (laughs) It's It's so good. He's not just like, hey, you guys, there are pickles in my dish. He's like, not only were there pickles in my dish, but you guys are so lazy. You don't even deserve Danny's This guy thinks he's a brilliant navigator because he shoved his fingers in a tiny (laughs) ice bowl. And then someone responded on Twitter like, no, we let the whole thing melt. And it was just red water at the end. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, you don't understand. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah. Maybe they're putting pickles in some, not in others. I mean, what's even happening? I don't know. How do you think Danny feels about this uh, minor, I don't know. minor uproar, minor like <laughs> wake of, of? I'm sure he's amused by the whole thing. Because I'm sure when he decided to put this on the menu, he's like, what are people going to say about this? I bet more people are going to order it now. I mean, I would. would you get it? I would only get it for like content. I wouldn't get it. I you don't want, want to I know if want. there really are pickles underneath. Yeah, like I would get it. Maybe to the pickle is in out. the eye of the beholder, you know, or like it's like the philosopher's stone, and the pickles are only there for if people you who aren't really, hunting the pickles. If you really deserve it, like that guy on Twitter, you get the pickle. Yeah, if you're willing to go on Twitter and separate an entire 15-word sentence by periods, <laughs> you can have a pickle. 
Amanda, Uber Eats, Uber helm, Eats. helmed by our previous subject, uh, guest on the pod, Jason Drogi, plans to have flying delivery drones mm-hmm. as early as 2021. 2021. Uh, what do you think? Dysto- are we? Is this a dystopia? It's a dystopia in the broader sense that like five companies are going to control everything that we do. Mm-hmm. But I don't think drones delivering food is too dystopian. <laughs> I also don't know if it'll be happening by 2021. It seems a little ambitious. Yeah. Right? Is Amazon 100%. doing it? I mean, people are doing it, but not in a... The technology's there. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure like there'll the be lots FAA of... The FAA is Just like cool DJ Khaled this, yeah. was picking up people in lift cars. Like, <laughs> this could happen. This could, could be one-offs. Of yeah, this. yeah, yeah. This, someone in some test city will be getting Uber... Yeah. Delivery. Questions. Like in Pittsburgh or something. Apartments. Does the little drone thing fly through hallways? Or is it going up to the window? Oh, I was going to say you're going to have to go down to the lobby. Probably. But yeah, you probably have to go to the lobby. Here's what I think. Yeah. I think Uber, I think whoever does this, they're going to figure out, they don't want this thing to just be carrying the bag. I think they're going to try to make it feel a little bit human and maybe have like an outstretched arm situation for a handoff. I, I think I've seen people experiment with You've that. You've seen a mock-up? Not Uber, but maybe Domino's. Yeah. I feel like Domino's is always ahead of all these players, just trying shit, <laughs> being weird. Will you be tipping your drone? <laughs> no. No? Like, As someone mentioned to us recently, they don't have mouths to feed Ah, the drone. No, they don't. I mean, they might, right? Like, what if by 2021 they have little children and stuff and Mm-mm. they're learning? No? no. I mean, the whole problem with the economy of tipping is that you are paying for the wage of someone who is underpaid. You know, like, not to open up the whole tipping thing again, but if people were just paid fairly, right? tipping wouldn't have to exist. You know what is the sad, not to say something else that's totally sad, but imagine a New York City delivery person on a bike, you know, pedaling through a storm, being like, I'm delivering this food, and then overhead whisks a, <laughs> a drone? An, an Uber drone, <laughs> you know, just chugging along happily. Mm-hmm. That's tragic. That is tragic shit. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, it depends. Am I being dramatic? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe there will be delivery scenarios where the person on the bike can get through and the drone can't. Maybe mm-hmm. the person will persevere. Like if it's a troll and you have to answer you a riddle? Fight. Yeah, you have to answer a riddle. <laughs> you have to fight something. Maybe it's snowing. The conditions are too mm-hmm. crazy for flight. Yeah. You need that guy on the bicycle. What other what other ways what other advantages does the ground, human, does ground the support have? yeah have accuracy? I mean, do we really think by twenty twenty one they'll be that good? <laughs> you think the bags are just gonna be like knocking people in the heads? Like, <laughs> Things will fall out of the bags. Sauces will be everywhere. I don't yeah. know. I just think being in my apartment, looking out the window, and just seeing like a lightning bolt, and then the friggin' drone is just out there like yeah, I just you like see it. my food through the window <laughs> and it's like error well error. also just like all the other foods that are gonna be flying around like yeah. you'll be walking to the subway and it's just like pizzas flying through the air you know it will be great I mean this probably won't happen because they're smarter than we are but just watching an Uber drone and like a Domino's drone just smash into each other <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna yeah, be pretty maybe funny they'll, maybe they'll arm them I mean, there's all kinds of weird futures we might end up in. Can I you want, can I tell you a really sad delivery story that happened to me recently? Sure. Uh, I ordered. Okay, so I went to this ice cream place in the Lower East Side 
and left my credit card there Mm -hmm. and then had, I was at home and had the brilliant idea to ask, uh, I called them and I said, hey, if I order delivery, if I order some pints for delivery, would you guys toss my credit card into the bag? And they were like, sure, that's smart. We'll do that. (laughs) So I waited about an hour. Did they ask for like ID or anything? No, they, they believed me that I was me. Okay. Uh, so I waited for like an hour. You know, I wasn't ready for my ice cream yet. And then I uh, ordered on Caviar, one of these delivery services, and I then I called them. And, of course, they weren't answering their phone at that point. So I just had this delivery come to me without my credit card. And I just <laughs> had the most, like, such a sad ice cream session. <laughs> Did you eat all the ice cream? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, like, not happily, but yeah. <laughs> You're just like, well, I what guess, am I going to do? I guess I have to eat all this ice cream now. Put it in the freezer and save it for the celebration of when I... <laughs> When I reunite with my credit card. (laughs) Put it in the freezer for, I don't know, another day. Today's episode of The Eater Upsell is brought to you by Sonos, and more specifically, the Sonos Beam. Amanda Clute, as a huge Sonos fan, how excited are you about the Sonos Beam? How excited are you for the magic of Sonos to to, to come move from your living room and encapsulate and and improve your TV watching experience? I'm super psyched. You are? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you're not. Sorry, did I come in that too hot? No, you're just not exaggerating. If I could have Sonos everywhere, I I go. Yeah. That would make my life better. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing you'd want you to, to follow you everywhere. Yeah. Just like every room. Just Sonos speakers. Yeah. Like by my dad. You live in a world where every room has a Sonos. Yeah. Fuck, I can't. I gotta stop doing that voice. What's <laughs> happening? But. Uh, so sure, bring it to my TV. I love it. So now Sonos has the Beam. You can connect the Beam to your other Sonos speakers around your home to create your perfect home sound system without the mess of wires. Wires suck. Everyone in the house can listen to something different you love, or you can group your Sonos speakers to play in sync. That's what I love. I love to blast something like harmony. all over. I don't give harmony. I just want jams. I just want jams, 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 jams. Jams, beer pong, let's go. <laughs> Start creating your sound, your dream sound system. Go to Sonos.com and get Beam for only $399. Today's episode of The Eater Upsell is also brought to you by... ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter. Amanda, you know it's not smart. What? Trying to impress your friends by eating a whole portion of wasabi at once. Did you do that? I've done that. Yeah, that's not smart. You Definitely know, not you smart. You know it is smart? Uh, not doing that. No, well that, but also hiring with ZipRecruiter. It sure is. ZipRecruiter, unlike wasabi, doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and then it actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. And right now, our listeners, our non-wasabi eating listeners. And wasabi eating listeners. Well, you can all try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com eat. That is ZipRecruiter.com eat. ZipRecruiter.com slash eat ZipRecruiter is... The, the smartest sp- way to hire? Yeah. Yes. All right, so Dan. Yo. Earlier this month, I have a, I have a good good Samaritan story Aww. for you. Okay. So it's not all... We'll find a way to... It's not qu- all we'll controversial We'll find a way to question news. their motives. There's a restaurant called Himitsu in D.C. It's very trendy. It was on a bunch of the all the lists last mm. year, like Bill Addison. I and, love lists. And yeah. Bon Appetit and whatever. Mm-hmm. As the chefs were preparing for a busy dinner service one Friday night, they saw a woman across the street getting beat up. Ooh, yeah. And they ran out there and stopped the fight. 
No shit. Yeah. With knives? I don't think they had knives, but they got kind of the shit kicked out of them. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, so here's here's the story. I look up and see two males assaulting a female in the alley across from us, the chef told Eater. They're like, chefs, assemble. Yeah. She was pinned to the ground, and they were beating the shit out of her. They picked her up and threw Jesus. her on her Sorry, head. Sorry, I take back the chef's assemble thing. Yeah. They threw her on her head. Mm-hmm. It's 5 p.m., so like daytime. Daylight, yeah. Uh, so two members of his kitchen staff sprinted across the street to intervene. They broke up the fight. Then a third guy showed up with a metal pipe swinging at us. One of my line cooks got hit with a, me- with a pipe, and my other line cook got sucker punched in the face, and I got punched in my left eye. Holy and then shit. a construction worker showed up out of the blue with a hammer and chased the guys off. The woman ran as soon as the chefs came out. Yeah. He said we fought for like five minutes at least. It was crazy. <laughs> to the chef's And this queue. is a restaurant. It was before the place opened, so people were in line outside just watching the thing. And they said they got a lot of really good tips. <laughs> yeah. That night from all the customers who saw this. Like you are really trying to beat someone up, and you need to do it if you're willing to do it in broad daylight in yeah. public in front of a bunch of people like that. Yeah. That's scary. Those are That's people with... Yeah. Metal pipe. Yeah, that's scary. Holy shit. Yeah. Right. So, But any- they didn't just call the cops. They were like, we're... Well, there's no time. You got to run out there. Yeah, you got to save her. I must say the idea, like, them having aprons on is kind of funny to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just them running across the street with aprons. Yeah. <laughs> Good for them. You know, like... Good for them. Hey, this is scary Everybody shit. go. It's amazing to me. Like, I think, how is it only two chefs running? You need everyone from that restaurant, and then they need to be... Drumming up all the support from, like, if you really want to get into this restaurant tonight, come f- fucking fight with us. <laughs> you know, like, whoever fights gets the gets the table in the corner I and we'll send out a few appetizers. I don't know how close the line was because that's the part that's confusing to me. Like, could they really have been beating these, this woman up in front of all these people? I don't, I don't want to be. Some patrons in Himitsu's queue split because they thought the assailants would return and retaliate. We lost some guests that night. But the ones who stayed appreciated everything. They wrote us notes thanking us, and one table gave us a hundred bucks to get beers after work. Yeah, I mean that's pretty cool. Yeah, so like half the people in line were probably like, "Uh, peace." Anyway, we'll go, chefs. I made it. Uh, I'm sorry if I've made any jokes. I just I'm trying to bring some levity to this this tragic yet heroic scenario. Yeah, get and, Samaritans. Yeah, they exist. It's funny the construction guy had his hammer. It's better than a ruler, I guess. A ruler and a pencil. <laughs> a leveler. Yeah, right? <laughs> I guess a leveler could do some damage. Well, a leveler sturdy, certainly sturdy sounds enough. threatening. Yeah. A leveler. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. The little <laughs> bee the in the middle with the yeah. bubble. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Everyone go to Himitsu if you're in D.C. Yeah, that's the, that's the point, right? Like, let's These are good guys. Go, yeah. to, go to Himitsu. Dan, what do you know about the Court of Master Sommeliers? The Court of Master Sommeliers is... The, uh, the governing body that determines who gets to be a master sommelier. They proctor the master sommelier exam. And this is, you know, takes years of people's lives mm-hmm. and determines their really, I mean, it almost, it's like, it's almost like being a doctor and them deciding whether or not you, at like medical school, deciding whether or not you earn your. Yeah, people do compare with that. I mean, maybe it's a pretentious comparison, but people do say, like, oh, it's harder than being a doctor because they study for so people long. People say that. People say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who says that? I just read it in an article. Like, why? 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 I mean, I mean. Because it... you have to study so long for it and it's really hard. Yeah. It's, it's a really hard test. 
there's three parts to it. There's a theory part. There's a tasting part. There's a service part. Uh, if you pass, which only like a few hundred people have ever done, uh, you apparently see your salary increase and the opportunities for oh, your career for sure. to grow yeah. exponentially. Um, and you get bragging rights and you get to be part of this this club. Uh, so this year, 24 people passed the test, which was a record. Hmm. And they found out that someone who proctored the test had given away information to an an undetermined number of the applicants. Wow. Yeah. So the the information that was shared was of the tasting. So we don't know what it was, but maybe it was like, oh, it's going to be a Syrah. Or maybe it was way more vague than that. Or maybe it was some sort of wink or like ear pull or something. Right. Um, One person had already done the tasting the year before, so that person was safe. The other 23 people had their master sommelier designations completely stripped. So they, they they all passed. They all passed. Twenty four people passed. So Unprecedented they, what, number of people passed. Right. Like wait till next year and then try again. They yeah, they had it taken away and they have to try again next year. And the chances of them getting it next year are like incredibly low. The consensus was that this was the only fair way to yeah. to come down on this in this case, right? Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean they probably should have just done Yeah, I did the blah. It's it just crazy. sucks. It sucks for those people. It sucks for the people that didn't cheat, but maybe the guy or whoever it was, the proctor, was just blabbing. Like it's. But I also wonder, like, if this guy has been on this committee mm-hmm, for years, mm-hmm. has he been doing this for years? <laughs> and now we can't trust any master sommelier. Yeah, I really don't know what to think about this. I mean, I feel so, especially because, like, you know, we joke about it being harder than a doctor, but the amount of memorization and practice. You should just watch watch the movie Psalm or read um, Cork Dork. Cork Dork by Bianca Bosker. Training for this prevents them from brushing their teeth when they want to. Yeah, it costs them a lot of money too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm sure it drives their significant others crazy. Yeah, it unless like, they're doing it together. Yeah, be a good. But it turns you sport. into kind of like it's like yeah, an Olympic athlete training. It takes over your life. Although, I mean, you get to booze a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's Yeah, it's more fun. <laughs> it's a credibility blow to the court of Master Sommeliers, and I wonder if it's going to get people to question about question why this whole system exists in the first place. Yeah, but there's nothing else. There's no other SOM titles. Everyone needs titles. People at the top Everybody need Everybody does doesn't need titles. People, I mean, that's the – like, what – the Olympics has certainly suffered a fair amount of blows. <laughs> That's true. You know? when they persist. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Also, the biggest problem here is the people that this mat that the Master Sommelier title matters for mm-hmm. are not the people who care. Are not us who are questioning titles. It is the big wigs at like Morea who are dropping the 30k on on wine every night. They want a master because that they want that interaction. They want to be the person catered to by the master, and they want to feel like they know what they're talking about. They don't give a shit mm-hmm. about titles being like n- not being democratic. I think that's the problem we run into a lot with like 50 Best and Michelin and that that we are the ones asking questions about these uh, fancy like awards. Yeah. But like we're not the ones paying the big bucks and we're not the ones for whom those titles uh, matter. Right. Did you know that Costco sells 60 million rotisserie chickens a year? Yeah. I know because I was just going to talk to you about this. <laughs> Isn't that absurd? It's crazy. So – 
they have they sell so many of these chickens that they are now cutting out the middleman and just doing it themselves. They're going to have their own production facility in the middle of where? Nebraska? <laughs> Nebraska, yeah. What do you think? I mean, this is hell. <laughs> First of all, 60 million chickens a year. I don't know, but like the point of this, we should say, is that they sell them for five bucks. Five dollars, yeah. And they are committed to keeping the price of this rotisserie chicken so low at five dollars. Yeah. Five dollars to axe out, to black out the life of this, of a young, of like a, a living thing. I mean, I know we do like sardine. I mean, I know there's things we eat for a lot less, mm-hmm. but sometimes I just look at the, body of a chicken and I'm just like this is a, almost a human you know like it's not that far <laughs> off and it's like five dollars to be, ice I this thing I should be paying more to kill this beast well it's just like five what else you can't even get a carbonated water at a movie theater for five dollars right well also just the yes, bubbles please the yeah. power that Costco is going to have to just go into Nebraska and release a wild chicken army on someone <laughs> <laughs> well they're they're what is it like a hundred farms they're contracting mm-hmm. with something yeah. like that yeah <laughs> to just grow chickens exclusively for them at the size that they want in some facilities that they're going to build yeah it just seems a little it's not like i don't know if it's going to be worse than having them buy it from purdue and whatever mass chicken maker no. there is so it's not like there's a good option it's just scary when they control the supply and the demand to such a degree. Of chickens. <laughs> of chickens, of so many chickens yeah. in this country. Yeah, yeah. And the environmental implications, like them saying, like, we're really doubling down on chickens. On this like, chicken thing. This chicken thing we've been doing. Chickens in every table across America for $5. Like, that can't be good for the world. No. It, it's also creepy to me that they, I mean, I know a lot of things want a specific size in their breed, but they're like, you can't do this with bigger chickens. They have a very specific size of chicken that they need to spin. Well, I think that just speaks to how they've been trying to grow monster chickens for <laughs> Purdue and the other big guys because they've been trying they want to sell giant chicken breasts. Yeah. So that part might actually be fine. Like they're probably gonna be more normal sized chickens. Yeah. Instead of just these mutant chickens with these giant breasts. I mean, they're still mutant chickens. They'll probably, like, make them better for spinning or something, like increase their aerodynamic thing, on, <laughs> give them ridges or something so they pass the air around. Thank you so much for listening to the best food stories of October. Tune in next week. Will you be back from L.A. then? What, what do we have on the docket? I will be back from L.A., but I am doing Farley Elliott, our Los Angeles senior editor, is taking me to the three trendiest restaurants in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And we are going to review them while traveling around in Ubers. And will that be or ready, ready by next week? Oh, yeah. We'll get it ready. All right. Cool. Yeah, no big deal. I'm psyched to hear it. And uh, stay tuned for next month's food stories when uh, we'll be back. I with, won't be here. You'll be gone? For November food stories? This oh, is the yeah. last food stories? This is my last. I mean, maybe I'll call in if I'm bored. Yeah. If you're bored. You can just tell like, me the food stories over the phone. 